take you behind the scenes and smash it. Yoshi slides it in. And the Predators win it overtime. This is the Preds official podcast with Brooks Bratton on Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. P.O.P. The Predators official podcast. Welcome back. It's been a minute. Brooks Bratton of NashvillePredators.com. Kara Hammer of the Preds broadcast team. David Jaynes hanging out with us this week on episode 173 here on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. It's good to be back with everyone and uh, not the news that we wanted to come back with, but we wanted to hold off a little bit uh, because we wanted to give everybody a chance to have their peace, say what they had to say. And Kara, everybody has spoken now that we've needed uh, and wanted to hear from. So it's time to unpack the season that was. But first of all, how are you? It's good to see you on the Zoom. I'm good. I'm good. As you know, we're expecting our, our first baby, my husband and I, and the baby has not come yet. So not we yet. are playing the waiting game <laughs> of, of when when the arrival will be. We were saying off air, I was. we were talking yesterday and... Uh, planning on recording here this morning on Friday morning, May the 20th. And I was thinking, I wonder if we'll see her in the morning (laughs) or she'll have more important things to take care of, but you are here. We're glad to have you again and uh, may not have you next week, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, but uh, exciting times for sure for Kara and the fam. And uh, as we said, it's the hockey portion of 2021, 22 has come to an end since we last spoke and we'll unpack how the last couple of weeks have gone. So we'll hear from David Poyle coming up as he and John Hines had their season-ending press conference on Thursday morning at Bridgestone Arena. We'll also hear from some Preds players, including UC Saros and Philip Forsberg on Locker Cleanout Day. That happened last week. And uh, the Preds have received some award nominations. We'll touch on those. Uh, Always some good news there. Look ahead to some critical off-season dates as well. But Kara, as we know by now, we don't need to go too much into it, but the postseason certainly didn't go Nashville's way against Colorado. Now the offseason has arrived. It's time to focus on the future once more. So two Mondays ago, it was it was a bit of an empty feeling at Bridgestone uh, as, as things finished up. But Kara, as they always do, the sun came up that Tuesday morning and the hockey operations department got right to work. And that that's a scene... It plays out across 31 of 32 organizations around the league at some point every spring. Over the past 10 days, the Preds have been searching for answers to the questions that arise after moments like this. Again, that was a tough series. Colorado's a bit of a juggernaut, as we were just discussing before we came on. And uh, the Predators saw what an elite team looks like in this league right now. And that's the task in this offseason is to be able to get to a point that you can really compete with a team like Colorado again. And you look at the Preds coaching staff and you know that the offseason hasn't even started. I was listening to Coach Hines on the radio last night and Hal Gill said, so, you know, what are you doing? Are you, you know, do you feel like you're you're on break now? And he said, no. He said, you don't actually feel like you go on break until somebody has hoisted the Stanley Cup. Because right now you're still watching every team to try to figure out how you're going to get better to face them the next season. Yeah. Yeah. The work, the work never really ends for folks uh, no. in, in that profession. So. As we said, Thursday morning, General Manager David Poyle, head coach John Hines, uh, they took their turn to address some of those items as they held their season-ending press conference. And there, there's a number of sound bites that we wanted to play from this session. This is going to be a pretty 
audio heavy show. We don't have a guest or anyone that we're going to call on the phone necessarily. Our guests have already spoken. Um, and I, I think there's a lot that's worth hearing. So first we wanted to get into some opening remarks from David Poyle from Thursday. So without further ado, here is Nashville's GM as he evaluated the start of the off season here. Start by, by saying that I would like to be uh, crystal clear with everybody here in the room about uh, in our plan and in our goal. Uh, uh, we're here to build a team that can contend for and ultimately win the Stanley Cup. This year we made, made progress, but by no means are we alive or are we satisfied. Every team in our league is trying to get there, and there is no uh, guaranteed path to, uh, to reaching that goal. Some teams have been fortunate to be really bad at times when they could select one or more generational talents in the draft. Others have tried that and failed. Some are regularly competitive and seek every avenue to reach that, that goal without the benefit of, say, picking first or second in the entry draft. It's hard to win in this league, And that's not an excuse, but it is a reality. Just look back at this year's first, first round. All, a lot of high-end teams uh, were eliminated in the first round. Toronto had 115 points. Minnesota had 113. Boston, 107. Pittsburgh with 103. Are all at home. And every one of them, I am sure, believe they had teams built for the long runs. It just goes to show you how difficult it is every year. We obviously didn't get there this year. The season of playoff series shows we still have a ways to go to reach our ultimate goal. And as of last Tuesday, our Hockey Ops uh, group has, has begun the process of determining what we need to do and what we can do to get better and closer to our goal. We took some steps forward this year, but by no means are we satisfied or happy with the results. We want more, and our fans deserve more. Uh, we continue to build on the winning culture that John and his staff have created that is centered around work ethic and team success and goals. And that's the first step to getting to where we want to be. What I can say is our team worked hard each and every night and gave everything they had. There, that is no longer a question, or perhaps in the past it may have been at times. Uh, the work ethic and, and culture can, can lead to regular season success, but as we saw in the playoffs, that alone is not enough to win in the playoffs. We lost to a team that just as hard as us, but they have also had superior talent and depth. Our task is now to build on that work ethic and improve our talent level. So, Kerry, you hear David Poyle there in his opening remarks mention what we just touched on as well when you run into Colorado. Uh, that's that's a tough task, and I, I think everybody knew that going in. The Predators were certainly underdogs, and uh, that's that's one of the main focuses for this offseason, again, is what do you do? How do you get back to that point that you can compete with teams like that? And the Predators feel as though they took a lot of steps this season, but there's obviously more work to do in that regard. I think the biggest takeaway from from Poyo's press conference was the line where he said, it's so hard to win in this league. Mm -hmm. There's so much parity among players. I think one of the things that, you know, he really addressed was that second line depth scoring, something the Preds were lacking, something that we saw in Colorado. You and I were just talking about it. The Avalanche are a team that really have no flaws. And the Preds just need to get to that point where there's no area of weakness to continue to make a run. 
Well, the Preds feel that they have the right man behind the bench. And Poyle also announced that John Hines and Nashville's entire coaching staff have received two-year contract extensions. Here's the GM on that topic. Years. I am proud to announce that John Hines and the entire coaching staff have agreed to two-year extensions. I believe John has done an excellent job for us, uh, taking over as coach uh, on January 7, 2020, leading us into the postseason each of three years he has been here, helping some of our veteran players play to the, their players to the best years that they've ever had, while creating an environment where our younger players can grow and develop. Our coaches have helped us find an identity, play a hard-working style, and our power play, for example, improved to the best it has ever been. I believe John and his coaching staff are the right group to lead us back into contention, and I will do everything in my power to give him the necessary tools to accomplish that goal. So Hines and all the assistants, Dan Hynote, Dan Lambert, Todd Richards, everybody on the staff, goaltending coach Ben Vanderklok, they're all coming back. For two more years and you heard David Poyle say there that I'm going to do everything in my power to give them the tools to be successful and Poyle mentioned that later on as well and said that you know there, there's the argument that Hines hasn't had playoff success here and Poyle said that's on me I haven't given him the tools to be able to succeed in the postseason but I there's I know that there are portions of folks out there who don't believe that John Hines is the right fit. I don't like, I don't know. I just, I just vehemently disagree with that. I, the, the way that this team turned around in a lot of aspects this year, the way that players, the amount of players that had career years, it doesn't happen without coaching, without good coaching. And the plan that the Predators have in place right now, the direction that they're moving, like John Hines is the guy for the job right now. And until that changes, he's the one that should be here. And so I'm, really pleased with the fact that he does get a two-year extension to see what he can continue to do because Kara, we, you know, it's a simple fact of the matter, honestly. Like Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, Mikhail Granlin, Roman Yossi, Tanner Janot, UC Saros, they don't have the seasons that they have without good coaching. As much as it's on them to perform when they get on the ice, you have to have people behind the bench that are giving you those opportunities and allowing you to, to succeed. You also forget you have to give John Hines credit for the way he was, you know, able, like you mentioned, to get production out of these top line players. But also when he came in, Brooks, it was COVID season. He was meeting his team over Zooms, trying to do all of that. Then he comes back. Then he plays a shortened season. This was his first 82 game season trying to manage that. I mean, you can't just give up on a guy when he's able to take a team that was predict what what their last second to last in the central division. And they, they make it to the playoffs and you, you go back and you think, wow, two more points. If they could have played Calgary, how would the series have turned out? Would we, would the Preds be in the second round right now? Then would everybody be calling for, for, you know, like wanting a different coach or would people support Heinz more? So you have to think about the big picture just move on to next season and, and trust Boyle that we'll have the right pieces. He's a good coach and he deserves that extension. And the Predators, as we said, don't have the season that they had without him. So congrats to Hines and the rest of his staff for two more seasons. And, of course, the other hot topic, David Poyle also addressed the status of pending unrestricted free agent Philip Forsberg. Here's a remark on that statement. Finally, uh, 
uh, one of the big topics or hot topics since the end of the season has been the contract status of Philip Forsberg. <clears throat> I think you all either met with him or talked to him after the season. Uh, well, I can't give you a full you know, update on the status of the negotiations. I can tell you that Philip has been a great player for us and that there is mutual interest in having him remain a national predator for, for the foreseeable future. And so we are going to continue working to try to find that right deal that works for both sides. And we know that he can be a big piece of where we are trying to go. So there you go, short and sweet. Uh, not a ton of update on the, the actual negotiation, but as David Poyle has said all along, as Philip Forsberg has said all along, that mutual interest remains on both sides getting something done for Forsberg to stay in Nashville. Whether or not that happens remains to be seen. But Kara Poyle also went on to say that don't think that we don't have a plan B, C, D if this does not happen. But again, the first priority remains to keep number nine in Nashville. And we know Philip is getting married this summer. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, wedding gift, we'll sign the contract. <laughs> do you do it before? You know, do you do it on the honeymoon? <laughs> It'd be a great way. It'd be a great thing to get out of the way uh, before the yeah. wedding The wedding comes along. So, uh, yeah. So, and free agency um, is set to open this year on uh, July 13th. And so, in theory, that is how long the Predators have Forsberg under that contract until he and he's free to explore free agency if he wants to and David Poyle later said that you know he's like I can't prevent him from doing that that's he's at that point in his career where if he wants to do that he's earned that right that's his right to do so if he wants to explore that Uh, but the Predators have certainly have every intention on not letting it get to that point so Mm -hmm. certainly something to watch that is uh, that is priority number one right now as far as Poyle and the Predators are concerned. There were a couple more clips that uh, I wanted to play before we wrap up the first segment. Um, here's David Poyle on just the future of the franchise and how he views the current situation that the Preds are in as they enter this offseason. We want to we want to do better. We want to do better for everybody, for uh, for our fans. The players want to do better. I just thought this year was a really good stepping stone to the, the future. But it's not going to be easy. That was your original question. It's not going to be easy. Because we, Colorado, McKinnon <clears throat> first pick, Cal McCard fourth pick, Branton in top ten, Landis Cog two, and you, we we haven't had the luxury of that, but we found a way to be competitive. We haven't found a way to get to the ultimate prize. So, I I don't like the alternative. Is what that's what you're saying. Next, now we've heard that twice already about this this rebuild. I included that in my comments. Everybody's rebuilding all the time. It's my druthers to keep moving forward to try to get there this way than to have a complete rebuild. I don't think that's necessary. So not interested in tearing things down. That's, I, I think that's something that's been thrown around. Um, and that's what David Poyle was asked, uh, you know, not only with Philip Forsberg, if he's not able to resign, um, but just the status of things in general. Uh, David Poyle not interested in a full rebuild. He, he remarked yesterday that, um, he has the backing of ownership for the plan that they have in place. Uh, he also mentioned that ownership continuing to give him the ability to spend to the salary cap. And the Preds do have a lot of cap space right now. Now, if Philip Forsberg gets resigned, that's obviously going to take a big chunk of that. But the Predators do intend, at least in David Poyle's comments yesterday, he said certainly this is an offseason that we could really take a hard look at spending all the way to the cap. They've had some room over this past season. But Poyle plans on using that space, whether it's Forsberg or bringing in other pieces, 
to to remain not only competitive but to really improve the team. I think that's something to really watch for this summer is how does that cap space get allotted, who comes in, who comes out, and and what does this team look like come October? And you are, and you have a solid core. You know, you have UC Soros and Net, you have Roman Yossi, you have Matt Duchesne, you have Ryan Johansson, you have all of these players coming back. You have a solid team to just add pieces to. 100%. Yep. So you've, as you said, you've got that, that group, that leadership group that's, you know, they're not going anywhere, especially after the, the seasons that a lot of people had. And uh, that's, that's something to continue to build around. And I wanted to play one more uh, David Poyle later on down the line on extending John Hines had another thought on this topic. John deserves this. We're growing together. I'm responsible. I haven't given him enough to be winning. We're, we're going to win in the playoffs this year against Colorado. Should we play somebody else? That's our fault. That's on our list to try to move up higher in the standings so we don't have to play the best team uh, next year. But I, I think he's done a fantastic job in, in his staff. And, and the results are right in front of all of us in terms of how we played, how hard we played, how all the individuals played. So I am totally comfortable with uh, John and our coaching staff t- to lead us to bigger and better things going forward. So not much more to add there. We kind of touched on it already, but David Poyle continuing to just emphasize that John Hines deserves to stay behind the bench and uh, you know, couldn't uh, agree more on that. And Kara, you mentioned this, and I wanted to throw this just one more quote quickly from um, David Poyle. He said, it's hard to win in this league. That's not an excuse, but it is a reality. And whether it's you and I or whether it's it was uh, when Thomas is doing the show the last few years, when, when you lose in the playoffs, it's tough. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nobody wants to do that, but that's the reality for 15 of 16 teams that make it. And then the other 16 that don't even make it, only one team's going to win. And that's, you know, and I know that there's different ideas on, on how to do things and how to go about things and who should be here and who shouldn't be here. Um, but the reality is it's one team gets to win. And, and that's what's so tough and frustrating about sports in general is there's a lot of different ways to do it, but there's no clear-cut path to say, if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to win the Stanley Cup. Because that's not how it works. And you look at how many other teams Brooks have been in this situation. I mean, take Colorado, for example. Also a Stanley Cup contender last season. They get bounced in the second round. You go back a few years, Tampa Bay won the President's Trophy. They get bounced in the first round. I mean, it just it happens in the NHL. Yeah, well, and even this season, I mean, you know, there are really good teams that we're going to lose in the first round regardless. Toronto loses in the first round. Boston loses in the first round. Pittsburgh is out, a team that's had a lot of success. Minnesota's out in the first round. Teams mm-hmm. that, you know, those that are in charge of those teams probably thought they were built to make a long run, and all of a sudden they're sitting here in a similar situation. So, again, as, po- as David Poyle said, that's not an excuse. We're not sitting here trying to make excuses, but it is the reality of the situation that yeah. 31 teams – at the end of the season, whether it's in April or May or June, are going to be disappointed. And that's the unfortunate reality of it. But you've got to continue along your plan and hope that it's the right one and hope that it pays off one day. Those efforts, they're combined with a general off-season task of building on what Nashville was able to accomplish in the regular season before running into Colorado. And while the Predators know there's plenty of room for improvement in that regard, they've also got quite a foundation too, as we talked about. So... You get back to work in pursuit of the one thing that will one day make all those early mornings, long nights, and difficult decisions worth it. Kara, I wanted to mention this too quickly 
David Poyle did say that Nashville will have a new goaltender in the second spot next season. So David Riddick will not be coming back, according to those comments. He then also praised Connor Ingham's play when he got the chances, not only in the regular season, but of course, giving the Predators uh, a chance in the playoffs with some of his performances. So um, certainly not a lock, but wouldn't be surprised to see Connor Ingram there in that second spot next season. Potentially, Yaroslav Askarov is also over here now in Milwaukee. Poyle touched on that situation. He said goaltending coach Ben Vanderklok is going to go to Milwaukee this weekend, meet with uh, Askarov for the first time in person. They haven't been able to meet in person just because of the last couple of years with everything mm-hmm. going on. And then Poyle did say the plan is for Askarov to go back to Russia and then return with his wife and spend the summer here in Nashville. So a lot of good news there on that situation and getting him over here, getting him acclimated into the organization and whether he sees any time in Nashville next season or it's back in Milwaukee, uh, which is more likely and, and to fine tune his game there. Good situation on the goaltending front behind UC Soros coming up here. You have to be pleased with Connor Ingram's performance. The way he came in to that game, too. You know, the Stanley Cup playoffs. You, you play all season in Milwaukee. You come up. Uh, I feel like Connor Ingram has a big future with the Preds, and I'm excited if he's the guy that we get to see on the bench next year behind Soros. He certainly does, and we touched on it two weeks ago, but we all know that amazing performance that he had uh, in Denver in Game 2. So, uh, And just such an easy guy to root for just because of his story and how far he's come. So, um the goaltending uh, doesn't seem to be an issue uh, as far as the Predators are concerned with the guys that they have in the system moving forward. So we'll hear from another man, the number one who tends net for Nashville, UC Soros coming up, Philip Forsberg, Matthias Ekholm, and Roman Yossi as well as we continue on and uh, unpack things from 21-22 here on episode 173 of the Predators official podcast. You're listening to ESPN 102.5 The Game. One of my favorite songs of all time, and always unfortunately appropriate for this time of year. But we're fixing things. Welcome back. Episode 173 of the Preds Official Podcast. Here on ESPN 1025, the game, Brooks Bratton, Kara Hammer with you as we continue to unpack the 21-22 season. And Kara, we heard from David Poyle in the opening segment. Now it's time to hear from the players. And uh, those chats come usually only a couple of days after things end, and that was the case last week as we talked to a number of Predators players. So a couple things on everybody's mind, one to hear from UC Soros, two to hear from Philip Forsberg on their thoughts on uh, their respective situations. Of course, everybody was curious to hear from Soros, who missed the final two games of the regular season and all four of Nashville's playoff games with that lower body injury. Soros confirmed that he suffered an ankle injury during the regular season home finale against Calgary on a play that happens all throughout a game with no issue whatsoever. Kara, it was clear that the Predators missed UC Soros. We'll never know mm-hmm. how much of a difference he would have made, but it would have been nice to have him in, in the postseason for yeah. sure. Uh, it was frustrating for sure, especially since I've been pretty lucky not having that many, like haven't really had injuries in my career, so it was kind of timing of it was kind of frustrating even though I guess there's never a good timing to have an injury but yeah but it, it happens and yeah it's just part of this 
professional. Uh, yeah, I was on the Calgary game. We were on the PK, and I had to slide back back post really hard, and then at the same time, I was kind of trying to seal the short side, and uh, I kind of fell on top of my leg awkwardly, so I kind of fell a pop right away, and then uh, they had like a they fin- there was like two more minutes and made a couple more saves, but every time I went up and down, just really bad so that's when i kind of knew it wasn't it's gonna be a while uh, you never want to hear your goaltender say that's when i knew it was going to be a while yeah <laughs> and, uh, that's uh, you know it, it's it was such a nothing play too right like he was just like you said he was trying to seal the short side he was pushing off and, and it's it's something that happens like a hundred times in a game and in a practice like goalies do it all the time and this time it just happened to go unfortunately very wrong for Soros. I mean, I feel like when we were watching the game and watching on the TV broadcast, it was. He, ju- he just pushed off and he got up and he skated off the ice. And you saw him not put any weight on his leg when he went down the hallway. And and I know Chris Mason and Wally Donick, w- w- everybody was saying, what happened? What happened? There was just no clear instance in that moment where you could see him get injured. No, it wasn't like somebody ran into the net or crashed into him or fell on him. It was just one of those freak plays that, I guess can happen over the course of a game. And like Saro said, he's, he's been lucky in his career to not really have any injuries. And I think that helps the situation. So he said, uh, he went on to say that his ankle hasn't fully healed yet, but he has been skating. It is whole. And he's hopeful to be back to normal in a few weeks. He also added that doctors have told him there shouldn't be any issues in recovering and re aggravating in the future. And he plans to be able to enjoy a normal summer of training as a result. So some good news there, even though it wasn't for the last month or so, some good news for UC Saros as he continues to recover uh, and certainly should be ready to go come training camp. And the other subject that everybody was quick to run to when he walked into the room, Philip Forsberg, everyone uh, wanted to hear what he had to say. His six-year contract is set to expire in a matter of weeks, and he reiterated his desire to remain with the Predators in Nashville, the only NHL team he's ever played for. Here's what number nine had to say on getaway day. Yeah, no, a lot. I mean, obviously, you. I've been fortunate enough to be be on this team for for a long time now, and made the playoffs every year. But at the same time, every player plays to win the Stanley Cup, and so do I. That's my biggest goal, and and I do believe that we have a team that can make that in the future. And like you said, that's I think that's the direction that a team has to be heading, and I think we are. I understand, Philip, that negotiation has to happen. But all things being equal, do you want to be back here? Yeah, I mean, that's that's like you said, I. I've said that since since day one. The the goal is to come back here, um, and the business side is is completely different than the on ice side, as as you guys are aware of. And just kind of have to to wait and see and play it out. There's been been obviously some some progression throughout the season from where we started in in September. And uh, yeah, I mean we're obviously me and my agent and, and David and Brian and the management are going to be on, yeah an ongoing conversation in the process. And yeah, we just have to see where we end. So there you go. As we've reiterated, Philip Forsberg continues to say that he wants to be here. David Poyle, the Predators, want him here. That's half the battle, right? And 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 as David Poyle, he mentioned it yesterday too, and he's I've heard him say this throughout his career. He likes to joke that we're so close, we're almost there. The only thing that we have to agree on is how much to pay him. <laughs> like you, got, you know that you want to be here, and we're so close. We just got to figure out the dollar amount. But that's that's something that they'll continue to work away at, and um, we'll see. Again, free agency doesn't come until July. And uh, there's certainly still time to look into things. But uh, as you heard Philip Forsberg say, there certainly wants to continue 
to be a part of this team. The business side is one thing, but the desire to be here is certainly there and that doesn't hurt the situation. No. And I think, you know, you, we talked all season, Brooks, about this team, the chemistry that they have. And so you kind of hope that that will play into a, a Philip reiterating that he wants to come back, but then wants to come back and play with the guys he played with. You know, they had such a great locker room this season. The the battle between him and Duchesne to hit 40 goals, you kind of hope that he would just come back and they would just continue that, you know, for the next few years. Be nice to have another 40 goals uh, out of Philip Forsberg next season. Matias Ekholm also spoke last week. Harry, you know this. He's always one of the best quotes on mm-hmm. the team. And he addressed what this team needs to do to get back to where they were when they went to the Stanley Cup final in 2017. When it comes to playoffs, you just need to kind of find your groove at the same time and have guys. I mean, we had guys that was great throughout the whole year, but you need 25 guys to really come together at the same time and play great. And, um, obviously, we have a lot of young guys in here and hopefully um, – playoffs and playoff games uh, gets them experience in what they need to do. And we, we saw a great group in Colorado and see what, what they're doing well and what we need to do more. But it's all it's about all of us in the room just taking small steps um, that's going to make a huge step for our team. I mean, we're, we're in the playoffs, so we're not that far off. But we, we obviously got some stuff that we need to improve on. And, and I think that comes down to the personnel level that we're – you as yourself got to look yourself in the mirror and what can what can I do better and have a great summer and come back excited and hopefully get uh, a good year because when I look back at the year we went to the finals it wasn't like we had an unbelievable team it was just guys that came together at the right time and, and played their stuff pretty much that's that's what we did and um, it's small details in this hockey and it's small things that you guys all know that matters big in the end so um, it's about all the all the little details. And then finally, let's hear from the captain and reflecting on the season as a whole. Wasn't the easiest thing to do less than 48 hours after it came to an end, but here's what Roman Yossi had to say on what he'll remember most about this season. I definitely look back at, at the year. Like, um, I felt like we had a really, really tight group, and I think just kind of coming into the year um, didn't get a lot of credit from the outside. It kind of brought us together as a team and um, we kind of put our heads down and just worked and and I felt like we had fun with it too and um, I think that that's the thing you you're going to remember most um, um, how much each guy worked for for the guy next to him and um, I think that's that's something we look back look back at this year and uh, I'll be, be really proud of. Kara what will you remember most about this season? Oh, I had so many highlights this season, Brooks. You know, for me, I think I loved watching all the records being broken. You know, I think what really stood out to me was finally seeing a 40-goal scorer in a Predators uniform. I mean, the records that Roman was able to break, the hits record that Tanner Janot broke, Mm -hmm. uh, watching his kind of run. But then also, I love the stadium game. You know, just a lot of highlights throughout the season. I love that where they were picked at the beginning of the season – and where they were at the end of the season, it was just kind of like, they did it. They did it. You know, you, you had, we had the belief and here they are. The ending was certainly frustrating, but I would hope that we could eventually look back. And I think we can right now, honestly, and appreciate it. And, and as time goes by, maybe a little bit more, but uh, I would just hope that uh, a lot of the fan base. And I know a lot of our listeners, I think are probably on the same wavelength of, still being able to find the positivity in things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would just hope that 
we could all look back at some point and, and appreciate this season for what it was because even though the ending was really tough and it's always tough when you lose, of course, and especially the way that it happened against the Avalanche in the playoffs, but um, there were so many good things that happened this season and, and I just hope that people enjoyed themselves watching it. I, I mean, to as you said, to have two 40-goal scorers for the first time, the Predators had never had someone over 35 before and all of a sudden you had two guys scoring 40 goals. You had Roman Yossi breaking defense, defensive records for points that we hadn't seen since the mid-90s. Um, Tanner Genoa, as you said, was in the running for a long time for the Calder. Unfortunately, not nominated for the Calder Trophy, but he still had rookies in goal scoring and I think established himself as one of the toughest players in the league already. He was willing to drop the gloves against anyone. Um, broke that hit record, as you said. UC Soros had himself one heck of a season um and the predators i think they were a heck of a lot more entertaining than a lot of people thought they were going to be this season um and you mentioned the stadium series game and pekka's retirement and uh what that weekend meant for the franchise and uh again it's i know the ending is tough but boy what a run it was it it was so fun to watch on so many nights and so fun to cover and uh like you on the television side Kara, and for me on the website and on social media and and through this podcast. And so I just hope that everyone uh, in, enjoyed so many of those moments. And hopefully we were able to to amplify them a little bit for you. And there's a couple of Preds that are up for some impressive awards, thanks to their performances during the 21-22 campaign. And we'll touch on that in just a moment as the Preds official podcast returns. Episode 173 here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. P.O.P., the Predators official podcast, episode 173. Welcome back to ESPN 1025 The Game. Brooks Bratton and Kara Hammer with you as we continue to wrap up the 21-22 campaign. And Kara, we talked about it all season long, and we knew there would probably, hopefully, be a couple of bright spots as the Predators headed into award season. And there are. We started the Yossi for Norris campaign. We were pretty sure that was going to happen. And it has happened. So the first nomination that we found out about, and the winners, by the way, of the 2022 NHL Awards will be announced later this spring during the conference finals and then the Stanley Cup final. And two members of the Preds are up for some hardware. So Roman Yossi nominated for the Norris Trophy as the NHL's top defenseman, one of three finalists with Kale McCarr and Victor Hedman. Kara, probably the least surprising thing that happened all season, considering the way that Roman was playing, this was essentially a lock that he would at least get nominated for his second Norris. Brooks, it was every night you were checking the record books to see what record he was breaking. It was ridiculous. He became the NHL's highest scoring defenseman in 29 years. He had 23 goals, 73 assists, 96 points in just 80 games. Only six defensemen in the past 50 years have surpassed Yossi's 96 points in a single season. He set career highs in goals, assists, and points. Also broke the single-season Nashville franchise records uh, among all positions for points and assists and recorded the most assists by an NHL defenseman since Sergei Zubov had 77 in 93-94. The amount of times that we mentioned Roman Yossi's name with Bobby Orr this season, when you're hitting eight, like it's one thing to be hitting – in company like with Paul Coffey and Sergey Zubov and 
Brian Leach and Nicholas Lidstrom, but when you're hitting Bobby Orr's numbers time and time again, that's pretty impressive. So I, I really think it'll be between Yossi and Makar. The voting happens before the playoffs start. Um, so And we got to see those two in action in round one head-to-head. So between Yossi and Makar, no disrespect to Victor Hedman, which Victor Hedman said, by the way, he would give it to Roman Yossi if he had a vote. Uh, so that's a pretty good endorsement right there. But congrats to Roman. Uh, he won it in 2020, as we know. That was his first nomination, so he's one for one and could certainly go two for two. And then uh, it was also great to see. We learned last week UC Saros was named a finalist for the Vezina Trophy as the NHL's top goaltender. He was an NHL All-Star for the first time in his career. He finished third in the NHL in wins with 38. That was a career high and the fourth most in a season in Predators history. He also led NHL goaltenders and minutes played and starts. And 38 of Nashville's 45 wins, those went to Saros. That's the highest percentage among all NHL goaltenders at 84.4%. Which It was the same kind of deal last year. Saros kind of put the Preds on his back and took him to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Without Saros again this season, I don't think Nashville would have been in the postseason, and he certainly deserves a nomination here. Yeah, congrats to UC Saros. I mean, you just mentioned it, Brooks. How many times during the regular season were you watching anything – the Preds would not even be in this game if UC Saros wasn't standing on his head. 100%. Yep. So, Juice, I think that was always the hope is that he could get to that point one day. But to really, truly in his first season where he was the number one without Pecorine in the picture to be nominated for a Vezina Trophy, not too shabby. So, congrats to Juice there. And then one more. We didn't really see this coming. But I, in a way, I think this is probably the most impressive nomination. Roman Yossi got another one. This time it's for the Ted Lindsay Award, and that is presented annually to the most outstanding player in the NHL as voted by the fellow members of the NHLPA. So that's essentially like when you're in high school and your classmates are like, yeah, you're the best at something. That's what this is. So Roman is uh, one of three nominated for the Ted Lindsay Award. When you can get your peers to say that you're one of the three best players in the NHL, that's pretty impressive. So he's like the prom king. He is like the prom king. He probably would. I mean, would he not have been the prom king anyway in high school? We should ask him that. I've never asked him that. I don't know how they do um, it in Switzerland. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I love this for Roman because you say it all the time throughout the season. When Yossi goes, the team goes. He's the yeah. driving force behind the Predators. And it's nice that, you know, his peers have noticed that. And he's so good. I mean, I, I thought it was cool. Like, it's it's one thing for us to watch him every night. But when uh, Pittsburgh was in here earlier this season um, and, and just talking to a couple of their folks and I caught up with uh, Josh Getzoff, their radio play-by-play guy, during one of the intermissions in that game back in March. And, you know, Pittsburgh hadn't seen a lot of teams just because of the pandemic and, and whatnot, hadn't seen each other in a couple of years. Um, and to hear Josh, when we talked at the intermission, he was like, Man, like Yossi, he just looks so effortless. He makes it look so mm-hmm. easy. And that's, again, it's one thing for us to see him night after night. And we're almost used to it. Not that we're not impressed by it, but we're like, oh, that's just, of course, Roman got three more assists tonight. That's just what he does. But to hear others around the league when they see him in person say, wow, like you hear that he's good and you know that he's good, but to actually see it in person uh, is pretty darn impressive. So congrats to Roman there. We'll see if he takes home any hardware. Certainly has the capability to do so. UC Saros as well. And again, those awards will be handed out uh, within the next few weeks, I would say. Again, as we get into the conference finals, 
and then the Stanley Cup final. They're, the NHL is not going to have one big ceremony after everything's done. Instead, they're just going to hand things out uh, as we go. So congrats to Roman and UC to this point. Kara, what do you think? Who's who's going home? Are they, are they taking everything home or we got one or the other here? What do you think? You know, I would really like to see Roman win the Norris. Mm-hmm. But now that I know that that that, that this uh, Ted Lindsay Award is voted on by by the players, then I'm like, well, we got to give that to Roman too, because then it means he's just being recognized amongst the lead. But I, uh, I really would like to see Yossi get the Norris. Hundred percent. Yeah, to go for two for two, that'd be pretty special. Because no disrespect to Kale McCarr, but I think Kale's going to win a lot of these, and so it's mm-hmm. like let's let's get Roman one more uh, while he's still one of the best, and we'll probably still be one of the best for a long time. Uh, but would be great to see him go two for two, especially after the season he had. So again, congrats to Roman. Congrats to you. See both friends of the show, of course. And uh, we'll see how things play out in the next couple of weeks on that front. We will come back in just a moment uh, to wrap up, officially wrap up 21-22 and uh, look ahead to some off-season dates. That's coming up next here on the Preds Official Podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Official podcast, fourth and final segment of episode 173. I'm Brooks, she's Kara, he's David, he's Tom Petty. Welcome back to the program as we wrap things up on 21-22. Kara wanted to mention some upcoming off-season dates for your planning purposes. Always good to know. Uh, We mentioned the NHL awards being handed out during the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final uh, round two of the playoffs, of course, underway, but it won't be long until uh, once we're into those dates there. So keep an eye out for Roman Yossi and UC Saros and their respective nominations. And then the, the schedule is still pushed back a little bit. The plan is to get on that normal traditional schedule that we're used to seeing again next season. So that means draft end of June, free agency, July 1, that sort of thing. Things are still pushed back a little bit for now, though. So uh, July 7th and 8th, that is a Thursday and a Friday. It's usually a Friday, Saturday, but the uh, July 7th and 8th, the 2022 NHL draft back in person. It's in Montreal this summer. So uh, the Predators will have a first round pick there and then a few more as they go along in day two. So uh, certainly something to have on the radar there. July 11th, the deadline for issuing qualifying offers. So those go to restricted free agents, and uh, we can touch more on that uh, next week as some of the guys that the Predators will need to do that for. And then July 11th through the 15th, so shortly after the draft, and this is usually the case as things get back on more of a normal cadence, but July 11th through the 15th, Predators Development Camp here in Nashville, always a good way to get your summer hockey fix uh, that mm-hmm. you'll you probably will be missing things after a couple months. So the the, the next wave, the future We'll be in town for development camp. That's always a good time. More information on that to come uh, in the next, say, the next couple of weeks, but probably closer to the next couple of months. Uh, still a little ways off there. And then free agency, used to it being on July 1, but July 13th free agency opens at 11 a.m. Central. So uh, potentially some moves there for David Poyle and the Preds as well. But Kara, 
uh, for now, the off season, a little bit slow right now, at least for the Predators. Behind the scenes, lots going on, but uh, things will pick up, as you just heard, again in July. So we've got until July, and then we'll, yeah. we'll be running around like crazy again. More critical off-season dates. You're getting married this summer. Yes, yes, I am getting married. That is very true. Good point. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> we're, yes, we're less than four months away. Yep, early uh Early September, I will get married to my fiance Amy. We're very excited uh, as we continue to plan things. Things are coming together nicely, so we're feeling pretty good on that front. Still some little details to iron out, but the invitations have gone out. That was a huge step to accomplish, and uh, we'll see if, if anybody wants to come to our wedding. I think maybe a couple people, but we'll... We'll see down the line. I wish I could have all the listeners there. Sorry, but <laughs> it's, not, it's not enough room. The venue's not that big. So, um, but yeah, that's exciting. And Kara, um, a more pressing off-season date for you, maybe in a couple days here. My goodness. Yeah. Any any day here. So. Any day. Well, and, and you, regardless, as we touched on at the top, um, we're going to plan to do another show next week, but you maybe a mom by then so this could be your last show for a little bit but uh if that is the case any anything you'd like to say here as the off season gets underway and uh you hit a very cool life moment here yeah well obviously just thank you to all the listeners you know i just really enjoyed doing the podcast this year and of course thank you to everybody that tuned in and watched the broadcast on valley sports we hope you guys all continue to come back next season and uh, just thank you, I guess, for everything. This is, I've always tell people, this is my dream job. I never, I would, I would always do this job for free. That's how much I love it. I love covering this team. And I really think Brooks, that this has been my favorite team that I have covered just with the personnel and the players. And um, it, it was an exciting time. I loved all the guests. I think one of my very favorites we had was Dan Hino. Yeah. So if you missed that episode, you should go back and listen to it. He's a great second intermission interview. He's a great interview on the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's definitely one of the highlights of the year. I was going to say, you've probably talked to Dan Hino more than anybody else, right? You know, and he's so happy. Like he just, yeah. you know, when the team is losing, he comes out and he's just this breath of fresh air and he, and he lightens things up and you see the way he interacts with the players on the bench he was somebody I was very excited to see that Poyo was bringing back for the next two seasons. You need that. He certainly makes a difference behind the bench. So yeah, pleasure, pleasure to have him. It's been a pleasure doing the show with you this season. I'm glad that uh, you were willing to jump on and somebody had to step in for Thomas and uh, I'm glad it was you. Cause I've loved doing yeah. it, doing the show with you, Kara. And uh, it's been awesome to, to do the interviews with you and, and, and just have another outlet to talk hockey. I've always loved doing it from this perspective and, um, just have a, a, a setting where you're not with a player or a coach and you've got two minutes and then you got to get out um, and just give us another way to to talk to the fan base. And uh, it's been great to do that with you. So best of luck coming Thank up you. here. If we don't get the chance to talk to you next week, to you, to your husband, to the whole family uh, with some very exciting news coming there. So thanks for doing this. And uh, again, yeah. if we don't talk to you next week, I hope you're you have the best summer ever becoming a new mom. <laughs> Oh man, the big change is happening. Big ch 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 changes for Kara Hammer. You can follow her at Kara Hammer on Twitter. I'm Brooks Bratton on Twitter. Hashtag Preds Podcast. You can talk to us anytime you like and continue to follow at Preds NHL as the off season goes along. Episode 173 of the POP wraps up. Our thanks to 
David Poyle, Philip Forsberg, UC Saros, Matias Eckholm, and Roman Iossi. I think those were all the sound bites you played for joining us on the show. Always great to hear from those guys. And uh, the offseason is here, so take a little time, rest, relax, and gear up because we'll be back at the rink before you know it. It's hot out, too. It's not good for people like me with red hair. Stay out of the sun. Stay in the shade. Drink your water. We'll be good. Talk to you next week. See ya.